What's up, everyone? This is Blake from Teeth, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. Maximum terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor of the Phantasm Podcast. We've got Blake from Teeth today, uh, and they're going to be—he's t- going to be talking with us about uh, biblical worship of violence. Their new release from uh, Nuclear Blast, which looks like it drops here in July, or at least this vinyl does. Is it different than that, Blake, or did I get that right? No, the album's dropping at midnight tonight. Uh, all the physical releases will be available in July, just the way. Uh Record plants are backed up nice. right now. Okay, okay. She goes. Cool, cool. Gotcha. Well, people can check it out. Um, so, real quick, tell me how you got involved with the band Teeth. Uh, Chris, who is guitars in Teeth, um, him and I have been friends for well over a decade. And um, we used to be in separate bands and used to tour a lot of the same circuit together okay. uh, in our respective bands. Um, yeah, we just became really tight over the years, and uh, I, there was a moment in time where a singer of his old band got ill, and uh, they asked me to come up and do some shit with them to fill in. Um, so I feel like the respect between the both of us always been mutual, and I think it was just a matter of time before him and I collaborated on some shit. So uh, in 2019, we were kind of just you know going back and forth, and with the idea, we both weren't doing anything creatively, so we both. Um, we're going back and forth on the idea of maybe potentially doing something together and we just started sending some shit back and forth and realized that we missed having uh, this outlet in our lives especially one that's this heavy and yes. we had some pent up shit we needed to release um, so yeah we started messing around in 2019 and you know it kind of snowballed pretty quickly and then it became uh, it became teeth uh, almost immediately and we just kept writing and, and yeah we loved it it's been awesome incredible uh so let's run through a biblical worship of violence. So what what can you tell us about track one? Uh, we eat our young. What about that one? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's got it's it's got a couple different meanings to me personally, but I think just kind of generalizing it, I, I'm a firm believer in it's not so much what the song means to me; it's how the listener interprets it. That's what matters the sure. most. But I think for this particular song, it was it was it was something that is pretty. Uh, it was during a pretty rough patch in my life and I was having these reoccurring nightmares which I guess would probably be the foundation of where the song lyrics came from but ultimately it was just like I was I was harnessing a lot of fuck you energy okay. and usually when I get fixated on something I kind of get hyper focused on it and I kind of you know that works to my benefit because I, I what I, I it's a great time for me to write and uh, you know outcomes lyrics I think it took me about 15 20 minutes to, to write the, the bulk of the lyrics um you know, and kind of passed them along to Chris, and he had already had um, the structure of We Eat Our Young ready to go. So we did what we always do. We get in, a, we lock ourselves in a studio for a few hours and throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. And um, yeah, it came We Eat Our Young, you know. It was, uh, yeah, it was ultimately something that just um, 
a lot of anger behind it, a lot of sadness, a lot of confusion, uh, just going through some personal stuff. And um, it was starting to attack me in uh, a state of unconsciousness because it was starting to get me in my dreams. So it was stuff that I really wanted to uh, get on paper. And um, yeah, that's, that's how that song came to fruition. It's a great way to kick off, off, off this too. Uh, and then what about track two, Hate Me? Oh sure, yeah, it's 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 that killer track, uh, and then track three, pig virus. Pig virus was kind of a personal jab uh, um, to uh, in a personal relationship that I had with someone, uh, someone who you know I trusted and who I had love for, who ultimately was doing a lot of scummy shit behind my back with a uh, ulterior motive the whole time, uh, knowingly what that person wanted to do. Uh, it kind of all came to a boil one day, and I still to this day I'm just like super caught off guard at how somebody could be so shitty. But I think that song was ultimately uh, directed at that particular individual. And I don't know if that person were to hear the song would know that that's what the song was about. But I, I feel like a lot of people could relate to these types of relationships. I'm sure a lot of people have been betrayed in one one uh, capacity or another. And um, yeah, this is just maybe another. The whole fucking album is basically like a lot of fuck you energy, you know what I'm saying? So yes, it's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 a good way for people to take it and and, and uh, have a little bit of a vent. Oh yeah, it's that's very relatable uh, for me personally. That's that's great. Uh, what about uh, track track four, Drip? Yeah, track four deals with um, some addiction issues that I personally had gone through in my life. Um, this past January, I've. Um, reached five years of sobriety um congratulations eliminating oh thanks homie um uh, eliminating a lot of uh you know drugs and alcohol all of it actually drugs alcohol with that came i quit cigarettes and and weed and now i'm just like a coffee fiend which i guess is like whatever but um you know better than all the other shit i was doing for sure so drip is kind of like a uh, a reference to uh you know doing cocaine and, and all that fun stuff or, or snorting any kind of powder that eventually would drop into the back of your throat. Street slang, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of like the the throws and the experiences of how being on those drugs and substances made me feel. It's very manic. It's very spastic. It's very uh, fast-paced and confusing, and the lyrics are all over the place because that's, I mean, mentally where I was at when I was on those kinds of things, so... It's the this EP is so good. Uh, I can't tell you how much I love it. It's it's really cool. Um, Thanks, and I appreciate you sharing on all those some very personal things throughout the EP. Um, so, what about the the last track? Let's see. Uh, eyes, horns, mouth. So, eyes, horns, mouth is kind of like. Um, I guess I kind of wrote that in. Um, in alignment with drip and, and just, you know, overcoming struggles, you know, finding sobriety and kind of doing it on my own. I never really went to, um, you know, any, any, I never dealt with any rehabilitation. I, I just one day woke up and I was done with it all. I got a six year old boy who's my everything. Oh, and, cool. um, 
when he was when he was uh when he was about one and a bit i was still kind of in the throes of my addiction but he was starting to become old enough where he could start to comprehend or at least my fucked up head made me feel like he could comprehend that dad was kind of a little bit off and i grew up with parents who went through addictions and stuff like that and you know i guess it, it all kind of it's uh, it gets buried when you grow up until you deal with them at a later age and i just you know i really didn't want my son to know that version of me so with that being said um Icehorn's mouth is essentially like a a process it's um having like that devil on your shoulder that you know kind of you know says hey man like it's all good just fucking have a drink which will segue into have some of that and have some of this and sure. it's basically yeah just it, it's basically having uh, your good conscience and your bad conscience and um you know the the, the struggle in being tied in the middle of them and you know deciding on which direction is the right way to go incredible um i, I love that you're everything's so personal in here and you can you can really feel it with the music and the and the lyrics and whatnot um so as far as you guys like mixing and and uh, did did y'all use a producer? Did y'all self-produce uh, Biblical Worship of Violence? Yeah, we self-produced and we also used a producer. Was, you know, we, we would call another member of our band. His name's Davis Maxwell. He uh, he had a church out in the middle of nowhere out in like um, Fort Erie, Ontario, which is like the outskirts of anything um, okay. suburban around here. So, so we used to go to this big gutted church that he turned into a studio and that was like our space for a long time. We released a little EP called the 575 EP, which is basically uh, the first singles we ever released as this band. Oh, wow. Uh, and 575 was actually the address of the church. So that was kind of oh, like cool. a little tip of the hat to, to that space that unfortunately is no longer there. But Davis Maxwell, uh, he actually played drums on um, this this uh, this EP, this album, of The Local Worship of Violence. He was the producer and drummer extraordinaire. And we, we fucking love him so much. He is we still just out of the blue like we'll be driving not a word will be said and one of us will just pop and be like how fucking great is davis you know like we love him we can't huh. sing his praises enough and and uh yeah we consider him a member of the band even though he's not um officially uh to us he is so um yeah we worked with him and i i don't see us ever not working with him in the future in some capacity excellent excellent um and what about the cover art i really like the cover art for the ep can you tell us about that we just wanted to encapsulate something that, you know, did justice to what the sound of the album was. You see this, like, sharp, dangerous crown of thorns. Now, we didn't want to lean into the religious side of biblical um, of the title, but we just we wanted it to look violent. We wanted it to look, you know, uh, just, just sketchy as fuck, you know. We wanted it to be captivating when somebody, you know, flips through their LPs or whatever is walking in a record store or even scanning, you know, the internet looking through new releases or, or discovering for the first time maybe years later and just wanted to be, like, enticing enough to be like, okay, like, I'll check this out. To me, it kind of looks like a like a massive attack album. So, like, it's crazy that, you know, you can never really judge a book by its cover when it comes to music. Sure. So, yeah, we just, wanted, we just wanted it to look dangerous and, you know, off-putting and, and just interesting. We want people to be captivated by it so that they can click and listen away. And if they like it, fantastic. And if they don't, I mean, there's a there's another world of music out there for them. Excellent, excellent. And then and then, are, are you all already working on a follow-up to this? or? Yeah, we're always working. We got a ton of um, demos and stuff in the bag. Um, 
we actually were just talking the other day about how we're going to um, we're going to ride this this week and with the release and you know relish in this time that it took for us to get here sure. it's been a while since this album's been completed and then after that it's we're planning on just going back to work and uh, demoing out some new stuff and hopefully maybe releasing a single sooner than later and then going to work on the lp incredible man um a full length yeah awesome awesome um and then th this i guess is kind of a weird question but i'm just curious um do you do you guys as far as doing live shows would you rather be on a tour or would you rather be doing like festival stuff like in europe do you have a preference festivals, as far as dude. Festivals? Yeah, festivals okay. for sure. Fest festivals for sure. Um, but I got nothing wrong with the tours either. I mean, it all it all has its benefits. It all, uh, yeah, it's all it's all special. I think, I you know, I I can't be picky. I think just being on stage and being able to perform these songs live is like what it's all about for me. Listening to the music's one thing, but to experience us live is is what we what we thrive on. So. You know, of course, playing in front of a festival in front of 50, you know, 80,000, 20,000, whatever it is, is great. But there's something also about playing tours where there's the intimacy of playing to like, you know, a 200, 500, 1500, 2000 cap room. You just kind of you get to engage with the crowd a little bit more, I'd say, in those touring uh, atmospheres. So it's hard. To, it's hard to decide. But, you know, they both have beautiful elements to the both of them. Incredible, incredible. Well, you guys are an exciting band. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Kids, pick up Teeths or go check out Teeths. It's going to be, you go listen to it. By the time I have this up, it's out. Go listen to uh, A Biblical Worship of Violence. And Blake, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this today, man. I wish you guys all the best. Can't wait to hear the next stuff you put out. Oh, it was my pleasure. Awesome. My well, pleasure, Vincent. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.